Hi everyone, it's Gracie with Self Care with Gracie, and I am really excited about the podcast today. I have a very special guest on, and her name is Katie Dalabau, and she just wrote this book called Let It Out: A Journey Through Journaling, which I I love so much because journaling has been such an important practice for me in my life, and it's, it's really helped me to to work through a lot of my own blockages, and and it's one of those things where I'm like. Am I, am I the only one who needs journaling so much? So when I, when I got Katie's book, I was like, oh, okay, this, this is a thing. This is something that's working for other people too. And, and then I began to read her story, which I'm going to let her tell most of it, but it's, it's just like a really magical story of what can happen when we're willing to look inside of ourselves and see where our blocks are and then have the courage to dream a bit bigger and to like push ourselves in the direction of those dreams, even when the negative thoughts can kind of get overwhelming. And so... I am really excited um, to have you here, Katie, and um, and to hear your story. So thanks for thanks for being here and taking the time. Mm, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get to know you and and yeah, just to chat. Yeah, cool. Well, I I would love to um, hear a little bit. I've I read the introduction of your book, but um, for people who haven't, can you talk a little bit about your background and what got you interested in journaling as as such an important practice for you? Yeah, for sure. I actually wasn't one of those people who started journaling um, really young. I didn't really keep a diary or anything like that when I was in um, elementary school or even high school. And even at the beginning of of college or throughout college, I didn't really do that. I wasn't very self-aware at all. I didn't know myself really at all. I was just constantly trying to be what other people wanted me to be. I was constantly trying to fit a mold. I was constantly trying to stand out simultaneously, which kind of sounds like I was doing two opposite things. But um, in my own way, I was really trying to just be what I want, who I wanted to be, but I didn't know who that was. And it led me into like a lot of different things. And by the end of college, I was going through this experience, I was like dealing with something that was really challenging. And so the year I was graduating from college and I was surrounded by mentors and coaches and therapists and a lot of support from friends and family. But I felt almost to the point where I felt smothered. I felt I was surrounded by people, but I felt dreadfully lonely. And I didn't really know how to explain that or articulate that or really even what was going on. I, I grew up in a house where, like, I was very loved, but I we didn't really talk about our feelings and, you know, no fault of my family. Just they didn't know how to do that either. And so I just didn't grow up very self-aware at all. I didn't really know what my feelings and emotions were or there was no vocabulary for that, um, how I grew up. So... And I'd never been, like, in therapy or anything like that until this, you know, this breaking point that, like, led me into therapy, like, pushed me into therapy for the first time, um, which we can get into, too, was an eating disorder for people who might be like, well, what was it, you know? Um, but, but, yeah, it led me into, you know, really this, like, self-inquiry. And I remember, you know, during that time being surrounded by people, I was in a bookstore and I had a gift card. I think I'd gotten like for graduation and I was like in the self-help section probably because that's where I frequented during that time period. And I 
walked away from the self-help section into the stationery section, and I looked at this colorful journal, and I was like, I'm going to buy that, and I'm going to write in it. And nobody told me to, and I don't really know why, but I bought it, and I remember that summer I just would sit down with that journal outside and write in it all the time. And it made me feel better. It was cathartic to me. I still have that journal. And it just, yeah, it just, I don't, I didn't know why, but it just made me feel better to process my emotions that way. And I think, you know, and the interesting thing about journaling, which I learned later and researching the book, I learned that it's actually scientifically been proven that expressive writing in the study that I cite in the book, expressive writing actually can improve people's happiness and decrease stress. And expressive writing is essentially journaling. It's, you know, writing about your feelings and what's going on with you. And I, that's what I was doing. I just intuitively knew that, like, it would help me in some way. And I think it's the same way that, you know, if you have a conversation, like, Gracie, have you ever had a conversation with, like, a really good girlfriend where you just, like, have a situation or something in your life that you're going through and you just, like, let it out to them? You explain what's happening and you release that and you just tell them about it. And then you feel, like, relief after that. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, yeah, yeah, like every day. Right? Yeah. And so I think doing that in your journal is kind of the same thing. It's kind of like that release process of, like, getting a situation or a feeling or an emotion out of your head and onto a page. It's so cathartic, and it was so beneficial for me. And I didn't at the time know why, but I just kept doing it. And what I realized later is that I was able to be authentic and vulnerable and real in my journal in a way that I couldn't be with any other person because I am a people pleaser by nature recovering and I I always like I wanted my therapist to like me, you know, like I wanted like everyone I, I was still filtering slightly. I wasn't letting out these like really dark thoughts to anyone. They were just festering over and over on repeat in my mind. And so finally when I was able to release them in my journal, it was like practice and it made me able to be more authentic, more real, more vulnerable in all of my other relationships. And then it actually made my therapy and my coaching deeper because I was able to, you know, sort through and almost self-soothe and self-coach some of that so I could go even deeper and peel away like another layer of what was actually going on um, in those those types of sessions and that type of work. So it was really, really cathartic to me. And then how the book came to be is that eventually I started to like give this as a tip to other people, to friends, to people who listen to. At the time I was blogging, which I still am doing, and I was I had this podcast that was growing and growing. And so I had a lot of people, you know, coming to me for advice and I would always recommend journaling and I got so much resistance to it like people being like well I'm not a writer I wouldn't have anything to say I don't know how to do that and what I realized is like I'm not really a writer either and I also don't really have anything to say but somehow this made me feel better so like what's up with this and I realized that this type of writing is innate to us this type of writing is writing how we speak you know it's as simple as if you can send a text, you can journal. If you can write an email, you can journal. And people still wanted more hand-holding, and so that's 
what this book is. This book is 55 journaling prompts, journaling exercises. I say it's like a scavenger hunt for your mind where you can, you know, really go into these different areas. And, and we can talk about the book even more too if you want, but it's like it's broken up into different sections. So there's tools to get organized, tools to feel, tools to heal, tools for every type of thing in your life from like decluttering to, you know, breakups to body image and food. Like there's just lots of stuff. But um, really at the end of the day, you know, to get started journaling, it's just about um, asking yourself a good question, you know, and, and letting your intuition come through. So, yeah, I talked way too much. I'm sorry that was really long-winded. But, yeah, that hopefully that answered the question. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. It was amazing. And I'm, I'm curious, like when you sat down, so it's like you, you didn't have like the self-awareness and you were, it sounds like you were really like hungry for it though because you were going to the self-help section you kind of knew there was something there um but like what did what start what started to come out of it surprise you like when you started to feel those emotions like what what happened yeah yeah I think I just was it's an uncomfortable process right it's like an un getting journaling one thing that I love about it and I also sort of hate about it is that you have to be completely present for it. You know, there's so few things in our society now that you have to be present for. Like, podcasting is not one of them, you know. Like, I'm always listening to podcasts while I'm probably while people are listening now. They're driving or cooking or, you know, walking, and I think that's fantastic. And I feel like I'm constantly multitasking. But journaling, you know, if you're sitting down to journal and actually feel your feelings and, and start writing, you can really only be doing that, Right. And so that aspect was important for me. And then once I did that, once I was really present with myself, it was like, wow, the mirror was up in my face of like, this is who I really am. And it forced me to really see myself. And that can be scary, you know, because it forced me to feel my feelings. And I think, you know, as humans, we have all these emotions and all these feelings that we don't want to feel, right? We don't want to feel the painful the awkward, the um, intense feeling. So I'll speak for myself. You know, what I do is I cope, and I use a coping mechanism to numb them, essentially, and not feel those feelings. So I might eat over them or overeat over them or restrict and not eat over them, or some people do drugs over them, some people over-exercise over them, some people get into relationships over them, right? Like we do these things to distract ourselves from our feelings. But eventually those feelings have to be felt or they like go somewhere in our body. Um, and journaling forces you, so, so does the practice of therapy, so does, you know, there's many different modalities that do this, but journaling is one of them that's, you know, one of the simplest, cheapest, easiest that forces you to, Look at those feelings. Look at those beliefs. And, and, then, and then from there, once you look at them, you can decide if they're true or if they're just old, limiting, lingering beliefs that you maybe picked up like Velcro from childhood or other people. And so, yeah, I think I was surprised to, like, find that un those uncomfortable feelings and also some of the really positive feelings that I just never allowed myself to fully feel and embrace and those fears and those insecurities and be like, wow, okay, this, I knew this was going on on some level unconsciously, but now I just consciously brought it to the front of my mind and wrote it down. So, yeah, it's not 
gone. It's still there, but at least I'm aware of it now. And at least from here, I'm empowered because awareness is the first step to change. Awareness is power. Awareness allows you to take the driver's seat and not let your fear run the show from, you know, the back of your mind. It can really be like, all right, this is a fear. Wow, that's scary. Or that's not as bad as I thought it was. Or, yes, that's scary, but this is what I can do about it. And, like, you can't make a plan or make a change or do anything unless you're aware of it. And I think that part of journaling is kind of the first step, and that's definitely what surprised me. Hmm. What I hear in there is that it's it's like the the first step is is like the simplest, and it's also the scariest. And and yeah, it's a theory I've had for a while that I think most of us are organizing our whole entire lives around not feeling certain feelings. Like literally, like we're like working in jobs we don't like and engaging with, you know, a numbing behavior, going to the bar after work. And, and most of the reason why we're doing it is because there's something that we're really afraid of in ourselves that we're, we're not wanting to get quiet enough to look at that. So it's, what I hear in, from you is that like if you can just get through that like initial fear and, and like kind of the awkwardness of getting to know ourselves. Like I, I feel like when I do these like self-inquiry things, like I'm always amazed at like how much it feels like an awkward first date with somebody else. I'm like, oh shoot! I haven't, I haven't really taken the time with myself in a while. Yeah, feeling strange right now. But like, if you can get over that part, like, it it sounds like it gets easier for you, or got easier. Yeah, can feel it. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think it doesn't necessarily get easier. Like, it's kind of like doing um, maybe like a workout or something. Like. It's still, like, if you're doing a tough ab workout or something, or, like, I'm giving, like, a weird example, like, you you're, you might still feel, like, a little sensation in your stomach, as, even if you've been doing it for, like, years and years and years. Um, you might not, after a while, though, you might be doing it better. You might be stronger. You might be able to do it for longer. But it's not maybe, like, super fun and enjoyable, like, while you're doing your 57 sit-ups, you know? It's still, like a challenge and so I think like still now all the time like it's still a challenge for me to feel my feelings it's still something I have to push myself to do it's just um I know it works I know it's important I know it's cathartic and so I do it I think I don't know does that make sense yeah it makes it makes a lot of sense I mean I I think a lot of I mean what I work with my coaching clients on is around habits and building in routines around habits that that can fall by the wayside if it has to be a choice every day. And so a a lot of what like healing and recovery is, is automating things that, you know, are good for you and and rewarding yourself around them. But I find with journaling, it's one that people can be very resistant to because I suggest that a lot for my clients when they are growing their self-awareness. But the reward is like, it really is built in. It's like they, the moment that they start to do it and kind of because I feel like for myself when I'm journaling, I start to feel the flow of the feeling and the actual, like, cleansing as I'm doing it. And I, I just feel so much better after I do it and so much more, like, in touch with who I am that, like, it, it, it's a pretty easy sell once people start to do it, I find. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Can you talk a little bit more about the the process of of actually writing this book? Because I think it's such an amazing story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, 
the well the process of like writing the actual book I had two years more or less to well not two years to write it but like two years between when I found out I got the book deal to when um the book is out now so roughly like a year of that was just writing time um and editing which was really nice because I wasn't exclusively writing I was doing a lot of other things so um yeah so that that was really nice because I was able to um, take my time with it and really each tool in the book I is so personal to me and it's so, you know, each section that I was telling you about before starts with like a personal essay of like why there's tools in that section and then the part with um, the actual tools, there's just things that worked in my life, tools that I needed, tools that other people needed that I wrote for other people, tools that I just got inspired to. And so basically, whenever I thought of an idea, I would usually just jot that down in my iPhone. And then I would go home and um, I had an outline for the book and I would just work it in in, on some level. And then a really big thing that I did to, um, that I always recommend to people if they're writing a book is that each day, you know, I, I was doing a lot of other stuff too, so I only had time to write in the morning and I would write very early in the morning because I'm like freshest in the morning. So I'd wake up at like 5 a.m. every morning and I would sit down, I would get like some warm water with lemon and I would just sit down and I would write and I told myself I only had to write for 20 minutes or maybe it was 30 minutes. Um, I think it was 20. I don't know, 20 or 30 but whatever, I would make myself write for either 20 or 30 minutes only. And that's all I had to do. And if I wanted to go more, then I could. But if I wanted to stop, that was fine too. But whatever I did, as soon as those 30 minutes were over, it's probably 30. As soon as those 30 minutes were over, I had to, I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't eat breakfast. I couldn't get up until I wrote down, like, the idea that I was starting with tomorrow because, or the next time I, like, returned to writing because, if I didn't, then then I would not want to, I would be like, if I wrote down what I was going to, the idea I was going to process and like write out the next day, I was actually excited to get to, back to my computer to write that out. But if I didn't do that act of like making my plan for marking my spot with where I was the next day, it was so overwhelming and daunting to sit back down to write because it's not like with like a five paragraph essay or something or like an article or a blog post where you know, you can write half of it and then sit down to write it again and you can just read everything you wrote and then get started again. Like, you can't do that with a book. It's just simply too big of a document, you know. And so that was really helpful to me. I would, like, be like, okay, tomorrow starting on page 37, you're going to write about A, B, and C. And then I would just, like, no, and I could, like, hit the ground running. And so some days I would write for, like, two hours in the morning. Some days I would just write for a half an hour and maybe I would, do a little sprint in the afternoon as well. Some days it would only be that half an hour, but all I told myself was I had to do a half an hour, the rest didn't matter. And that was really, like, how I got the actual book written. Cool. Oh, that's, there's so much good information there. Um, I may or may not be starting to write a book right now. I'm like, I'm sure I even say it. Yeah, it's cool. No, so, say it. I, I'm, Let's I'm, manifest. I'm, I can't wait to read it. <laughs> 
doing it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And it's, hearing your story is, is so inspiring. And, and it's the same thing. It's like I'm getting up and I'm just doing it every single morning first thing. And it's, it's amazing how the pages are accumulating. So it, it's like, it, I think like anything in life, like if we just make it a priority, it'll, it'll start to happen. Um, well, how, yeah, how would so you that say quote this? about like when people say, uh, I don't know who said this quote, but it's like, you don't say, I don't have enough time for that. You just say, it's not a priority or whatever, right? Just call it out. I mean, I mean like you're saying, like, if you can just journal about how we don't feel like we're ready to write a book or it's not that big of a deal, like, be honest with it. Or and it kind of yeah. got to the point with that for me, of just being like, I keep saying this and I'm not doing it. And I really had to, like, get honest with myself that it was a priority and, like, something that, like, I, I would regret not doing. Yeah. Um, it, it did take some... Actually, I do a little bit of journaling first thing in the morning before I even sit down to write my book because I, I need that, that time and that space in, in my journal just to, like, say everything I need to say. But I see the journaling as being, like, pretty well linked to that process of writing for other people, too. Yeah, totally. How, how is the process of, like, of publishing the book and starting to connect with your, with your readers, like, how is that affecting you? Oh, gosh, that's such a good question because I'm really in the thick of that right now. Like, this is my third interview today. And, um, you know, like yesterday at the book event, I'm traveling a lot. And it's interesting because I, when I was writing the book, um, it was challenging but really actually fun. And I think that surprised me. And this part I is like the part that I thought that I would love and I do love it a lot but there are times when it if I'm just being very honest that, that it does overwhelm me that it's just like a lot of stuff but then I always have to just remind myself like I wanted all of this and I love this and I think I just always kind of have to take a step back and be like wait this is really cool like you wrote this book and now people are talking about it and want to talk to you about it and you get to go and travel around and talk to more people about it and sign it and it's cool and it's fun and like that's okay and and I think I've just kind of been hard on myself recently and the la- I just actually had a conversation with my coach about this earlier today but um, I was feeling really bad about the fact that I'm not really being creative right now I'm not really creating um, actually I'm making a new podcast soon but like I'm not being as proactive creatively as I had been months before the book launch. I'm not really writing as much. I'm not really, you know, I was at a friend's book launch. My friend actually who lives, he lives in L.A. now, but he's from where I live now, and and we're good friends. And his book came out with my same publisher on the same day, which was, like, so cool because it was kind of like having a friend in class that you could, like, share notes with, you know. So we were going through this all this together, and it was just really nice. And I was at his launch party on Saturday, like, two days ago, and he was like, hey, so, like, I know everyone's asking you this, but I feel like I can kind of ask you this because we're both in this together, but are you working on another book right now? Like, how's it going? How's the next book? And I was like, um, I'm not. Uh, and, like, he is. And I got into my head a lot about, like, oh, my God, I'm not writing a second book. And, like, uh. and then I was just, like, took a step back, and I was like, wait, like, this book, like, has not even been out a month. Like, give it a second. It's okay. Like, I'm going to have another idea again. I'll probably write again someday. I'll probably, like, it's okay. There's plenty of time. So I think, like, from a self-care perspective, it's just, like, 
being okay with where I am. And, you know, like my favorite author, one of my favorite authors, Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, she talks about, you know, there's different seasons and there's seasons of your life when you're really creative and ex or internally focused and you're inward and you're writing. And then there's the season of, you know, launching the book and being out and extroverted season. And, um, and I think they're both really important and they're both really valuable. And I'm just in this extroverted season and, and I think it's just like being okay with that. And I think everyone can kind of relate to that of like, there are seasons in our life where we're really, you know, wanting to be really active. And then there are seasons in our life where we want to stay inside more and be more sedentary. And there's like, it's cyclical. The, the world is, and I think it's important to just give ourselves a break and, there's enough shoulds in the world that I just am so over adding more. And that's what I always say about journaling, too. Like, I never want that to be another should for people. Like, I, that's why I never tell people, you know, a certain time of day is best for journaling or having a special routine with it. It's just like when you feel like you want to process something, pull out your journal. It's an option to do that. And it's a really, really cost-effective, effective in general one. And leave it at that, you know, because I just think there's so much pressure on us, especially as women. So, yeah. 100% agree with that. And and I, I love how you're able to check yourself and just be like, no, I'm, I'm, you just published a book. Like the insane amount of work that that takes to do that. And, and But it's like it's a common thing with me and with other my clients too is just like how hard it is to celebrate our progress sometimes. And it, it's a really big part of, like, the work that I do is, like, help, helping uh, like my clients and myself remember that, like, oh, yeah, I can take a moment and just be, like, well done <laughs> instead of, like, immediately going on totally. to the next thing. And it, um, I, think, I think it's a lot. I think we're told that, like, yeah, working hard is, like, such a value, but, like, we can't, we, we can't really, like, promote ourselves too much or it's like we, we start to like go into that like we're, we're being selfish or egotistical in some way but when I hear you talk about it I'm like girl promote yourself like you you're doing something amazing uh-huh. it's so cool to see it's so inspiring to listen to you thank you you're the sweetest thank you so much you're welcome yeah and um I, I'd love for you too to talk a little bit about how you got the, the book uh deal because I think that story is so yeah as well yeah, isn't that a crazy story? Did you read that in the book? I did, yeah. Can, can you tell the, the podcast listeners what Yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to tell it right now. It's funny that, so I, that story happened, obviously, and I put it in the afterword of the book, and my editor was like, that's a crazy story. You should put that, we need to put that in the introduction because people might not read the afterword, and that's a really good story. So you're in for a good story, people. So basically, I really wanted to write a book. Um, I didn't have an idea for a topic, but I just, I had a mentor um, of mine who actually wrote the foreword of of my book, um, had written a bunch of books, and she is, was, not as much as she is now back then, but um, really, a really famous self-help author. And, um, I wanted to kind of follow in her footsteps and write a, write a book. And so I had this publisher in mind that was her publisher, Hay House. Um, and I was like, that's my dream publisher. I would love to have a book published with them. That would be fantastic. 
and they actually were having this workshop where they taught you how to write a book proposal as well as there was an element of it where there were speakers that were some of my favorite um, authors. One of them was this person, my mentor, Gabrielle Bernstein, and another one was Chris Carr, who we also really loved, and another one is a huge mentor of mine now, um, who I'm not sure I knew then, Nancy Levin. Um, and this thing was in New York, and they all spoke, and then at the end there were um, three prizes that you could win. So like they taught you how to write this proposal, basically, and then you had to, you had like nine months or something like that. Maybe it was almost, it might have been a full year, unclear, but a lot of time. And you got to submit this proposal that you worked on to Hay House and a chance to win three prizes. So the first one was a publishing deal with Hay House. The second one was a self-publishing deal for um, a certain amount of money. And then the third one was like something else. I don't remember what it was. But it was cool because it was like, all right, there's these three cool prizes. They're all really cool prizes. And it gives you this deadline where it's like instead of just learning the skill at a workshop and then forgetting about it because life gets busy, you actually have this deadline that you actually follow through on it, which is really cool. So I and they have um, they have like multiple versions of this across the country, and then they chose a winner from all of them. So I went to the um, to the thing in New York. I I just randomly heard this on the radio. It's like an ad for this thing, and so I like went to. I asked for it for my birthday. Actually, my mom went with me to New York, and I went to this conference. And I, and I was really just like this is going to be a cool, this is going to be a good time. I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to get to meet um, some really cool heroes of mine, hear them speak. I'm gonna, it's going to be great. I'll probably meet some cool people there, which I did. Um, I met, met a lot of really cool friends. I had a really fun weekend. It was great. Awesome. So I come back from that. Really glad I went, but at the same time very overwhelmed of the um, – amount of work the book proposal was. It just seemed very massive. And also, you know, you had to have a, like a really big following. And at the time, you know, my platform was much smaller. My podcast was a lot smaller back then. So I was like, I felt like I didn't really have a chance. And above all, though, I didn't have an idea for a book. I had one idea that I wanted to write about, um, you know, when I was in college that just wasn't really where I was anymore, and so I was kind of over that. So I didn't have an idea for the book. So months go by, you know, this was over the summer, you know, I had the months were running by, and there was only one month left until the, the thing was due and the deadline. And I remember I went to my mom who had, like, you know, bought me this conference for my birthday and took me there, and I was like, I remember, like, going into her office, and I was like, Mom, I'm not going to um, do that proposal for that thing you took me to. And she was like, good. She's like, don't worry about that, honey. Like, focus on your other stuff. Like, that makes you money. Like, why are you worried about that? And I, like, thought she was going to be, like, upset, but she wasn't. She didn't care. And so I was like, okay, cool. So I, like, really fell off the hook, and I was like, not going to do that. No problem. It's great. I'm just going to whatever. And then one morning, I was journaling, actually, like very early in the morning. I was doing morning pages. Are you familiar with the artist way? Um, yeah, I, that's what I do in the morning. I do my morning pages. Oh, very cool. Like, yeah. yeah, the first yeah, tool in my, my book is my hygiene. 
Cool. Yeah, the first tool in the book is based on that. It's a version of morning pages with some other inquiry questions, and it's called the morning dump, which is, like, funny because it sounds like poop. But anyway, so I was doing that. I was essentially doing the morning dump. I was, like, um, doing my morning pages, and I got this idea to write this book about journaling, and it just came very quickly. I was writing on a legal pad, so that's always where I do my morning journaling, and the the title Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, came to me. All of the um, chapters came to me very quickly. The entire introduction came to me, the table of contents, and I just, like, that sounds so dramatic, like, came to me. But literally, like, I just wrote it all out. I've journaled for maybe, like, two hours, and I just hand-wrote it all out in this legal pad. I was like, that's a really good idea. And I was like, shoot, I should have, like, submitted this proposal. How much time do I have? So I look, and I have, like, four days, I think, less than a week. And I was like, man, that is not a lot of time, but I think I can do it. But the interesting thing is it's not like I just exclusively could do that. Like I also had a full-time job and, you know, teaching yoga and doing the podcast and like I was doing a lot of things, but I was like, I really want, I mean, this is this like chance that I have to do this. Like I really want to try and but literally I have like four days and it's not the proposal isn't really like a quick situation. You know, there's like you have to do um just real quick I'll tell you about it. You have to do like for people listening, you have to do a competitive analysis of other titles, you have to do an outline um of the book, you have to do a sample full chapter, you have to, you know, do all of these things. So it's like it's a big document, it's a big commitment. Four days is, like, really not enough time. If you had for four full days to do it, it would be pushing it. But, like, four days when you don't, when you have to, like, work full time was, like, not really possible. But I was like, whatever. I can do this. So I woke up at, like, 5 a.m. I stayed up till midnight. I just pushed myself, like, so hard. And I, I was just pushing myself. And I got to the end, and I had done maybe, like, 80% of it where I was, like, it was the last day before it was due. It was due at midnight that night. And I was, like, working down to the wire. I was like, I think I can finish this. And it was really sad because I had gotten to the point where it's, like, I'd done enough that I, I would feel like I'd, it would be a bummer to not submit it at that point, whereas, like, if I had just maybe, like, started or not done much, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But at this point I was like, wow, I'm, like, so close. And I was really bummed, but I was like, there's no way. And they were very clear. They were like, do not submit a half-completed proposal. We're just not going to look at it. So I was like, this sucks. This blows that I'm not going to be able to do this. And I just, I, I was down to the wire. It was midnight, and I had no time to finish these other two sections. I needed, like, at least a couple hours. And I was moving quickly and whatever. I was just, like, going fast. And I remember my boyfriend at the time was, like, so great. He lived... Um, he lived on the other side of the country, and I was, like, sending him, like, pages of it to, like, proofread while I was writing other pages, and he was just, like, so amazing. He's the first person, I think, in the acknowledgments of the book, um, and we're not even dating or even speaking, <laughs> but um, he, like, really helped me. And then I, um, I was, it was midnight, and I just wasn't done, and I was like, shoot, that's what's happening with that. I'm just not going to be able to do it. And then I remember that Hay House, my publisher, was on West Coast time, so I had three more hours. <laughs> so Amazing. It was 
yeah, it was like this perfect sign from the universe that like this book was meant to exist. And so I like very quickly finished the last couple of sections. I sent the email, and then we had a month before we found out if we won. And I remember like I just felt good that I submitted it. I was like, this will be fun. This will be like a fun. You know, it's an exciting thing to have submitted to a contest. You know, like I really was unattached to the outcome of it. I was super unattached. And I was actually glad that I had done it because then I had the outline for a book. And it was like I had planned because I really didn't think I was going to win because I had done it so last minute that I was like, you know, I'm going to make this an ebook and sell it on my site. And I was really cool with that because I was like, you know what? That's actually better because that'll happen more quickly and I can have this selling on my site and it'll be great and it'll like make money maybe and it'll just be this thing I can put out there for people and it'll be on my website and I don't know, it's just really, and I was like maybe I'll make it free. I was just like really excited about the fact of putting this ebook out. So I was really unattached to the outcome of winning this um, publishing deal. And so the day that we found out if we won, I was actually teaching yoga at this um, at a football stadium. It was this weird, like, huge yoga thing I was working at. And um, I wasn't teaching yoga. I was, like, working at it for something. And I did, my phone, like, didn't work in there because it was, like, this big stadium. And I remember I left there, and I had so many text messages and so many calls, and I went into, like, this hallway there, and I had won. I found out that I won, and it was so cool. And my um, my friend, like, captured a photo of, like, the exact moment. Um, we should have put it in the book now that I think about it. But, yeah, it was it was so it was so crazy and cool. And still to this day is, like, the coolest thing that's, that's ever happened to me. And, and it was really awesome because I felt like I won the lottery, but I also felt like not everyone needs a story like that or, or an experience like that. But for me... At that time in my life, I was so unsure about my future and if I was actually doing this, you know, my blog is called The Wellness Wonderland and my podcast, I was, like, so unsure if I was, like, actually doing that or if I was just pretending. And I, this was this huge validation for me. It was this huge sign from the universe saying, like, keep going, like, good job. This is good. You should keep doing this. And at that moment, it was so what I needed and it made me feel so validated and so happy and so good and I really just carried that on throughout and it's very surreal that that moment in 2014 happened and then now in 2016 I'm talking to you with this book out in the world and it's it's super cool very exciting it's so exciting it feels uh it feels so alive when you talk about it and like like makes me remember like how much momentum that our dreams actually have but if we're willing yeah. to just put it out there a little bit, that like like there's wind that will go into the sails, and like like we don't have to push it so hard often. Um, but it does take pushing it. So I hear both of that, and that you had to trust your instincts and trust like where the momentum was, and then you also had to just like stay up really late and finish it, and like put the time in too. So it, it yeah. reminds me a lot of like in yoga that it like it takes hard work and letting go to make anything happen. And I hear that in your story, and it's super exciting and inspiring. I'm really, I'm really happy for you, and um, and just oh, excited for what what it means for all of us to be able to like uh, move forward into our dreams. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think it's about like doing your best. You know, it's about doing your best, 
and trusting the universe. Just like you said, I, you really articulated that so beautiful. That really hit me hard. I really love how you said that. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's, it's really cool. And just to think about, like, you share so honestly about your own story and your own struggles and with, um, with eating disorders and really, like, learning to love yourself. And I just, I so related to, like, the authenticity of what you shared. And I, I can only imagine how much comfort it's going to bring to other people out there who are struggling with some of the same issues. So I, I highly recommend everyone go out and, and get let it out and, um, <laughs> And I'm going to be laughing every morning about the morning dump now because that's so perfect. Yeah, right? I know. Oh, it's such a, a true testament to what happens. that I actually do in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, morning. and they're both around the same time, you know. Yep. And they're both sort of like one is more of an emotional thing, one's definitely more of a physical thing, but they both have the same effect of just like things can keep flowing when we do the Yes, and yes. and you don't feel quite right if it doesn't happen. <laughs> Completely, yeah, I know. It's like it's just basic hygiene, and, and journaling has become that for me. I, I notice it in my life when I don't do it. I Like when I do my morning pages every morning, it, it's not glamorous, and a lot of times, like, you know, it'll be boring or I'll just be like, wow, I'm a really angry person today. But when I can just let it flow, it, um, it, it really, like, my whole life gets better. And when I don't do it, I notice I get stuck a lot more on, like, um, on, on that kind of mental chatter stuff that is not so positive. So... Me too. Um, but I do. I oh, go on. No, I was just saying me too. It's well. It's, it's just like yoga. It's like yoga works if you if you do it. Like you can talk about yoga all you want. We can talk about journaling all you want. But like it has to be a practice, right? Mhm. Yeah. Exactly. There's so many parallels. I think. Yeah. It's, well, maybe maybe that can be some something for your next book. Yeah. Yeah. Yoga, yeah, cool. Can we co-write that? That sounds fantastic. Yeah, of course. That's amazing. Um, Well, awesome. Well, I I really appreciate you taking the time, and I'd love to ask you one more question. um, Yeah. Of course. I'm having so much fun. I don't want it to be over. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Well, I wanted to know, like, how do you you define self-care for yourself? That's such a great question. I think self-care, I think it's very important. I think going back to what I was saying before, I think it's cyclical. I think it's constantly changing because we are constantly changing and our life circumstances are constantly changing. But I think if I really had to, like, put self-care into a sentence, and I can tell you, like, specifics of what I do, but I think really true self-care is just being nice to yourself, you know? It's just not judging yourself. If you don't do something or you did something once that was really great but you're not doing it consistently or you're uh, wanting to do something more and you're not or you're comparing yourself to what someone else is doing, like I think it's just honestly about each day doing something that's kind to you, you know, and sometimes that's a time investment and, you know, I'm going to do this now so my future is better, you know, and that's okay, but, you know, can you make, sending a bunch of emails feel a little bit more pleasurable by lighting a candle and putting on a cozy sweater and taking it to the couch? Or can you, you know, feel a little bit better at your desk by making sure you have, like, a really nourishing snack? Or can you go on a walk in the morning instead of doing your 5.30 a.m. workout because that feels better to you? And it's just about, like, getting honest with yourself and having that awareness of figuring out what that is and then actually doing it and listening to it. 
you know, in all areas of your life, from relationships to food to career to as much as you can. It's just really like doing the kind thing for yourself. And that's crucial and, and so important. And, and I think that's true self-care. Oh, I love it, doing the kind thing for yourself. It's, it's such a simple metric to be able to measure that because I think we all can, like, get caught up in, like, doing the right thing, like the shoulds kind of, but, like, what I hear and what you're saying is that it, it has to, like, it has to be really feel good to you and that that has to be the metric. Yeah, totally. Katie, you have such lovely energy. I, I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm, Katie lives in Detroit, and I'm, like, already thinking about how I can, like, get out to Detroit so we can hang out sometime. Yes. Um, and so I, I just love what you're bringing in your life right now. And I love that you're you're young. You're 24. Is that right? 25. You're 25. And I love that you're, you're doing this already because it makes me excited for all that you're going to continue to learn and grow through and share with other people. So I, I'm um, excited for you and just excited for all of us that, that we're getting your gift Thank here. You. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I'm actually about to be 26. My birthday's on Saturday, but, yeah, I'm 25 today. <laughs> Happy almost birthday. What are you going to do for your birthday? Um, well, I'm really hoping it's really nice outside because we've had some, like, really nice days. But you know how April can kind of be, well, here in where I live in the Midwest, it can really be hit or miss. So, you know, I've had, like, snow on my birthday, and I've also had, like, 90 degree heat on my birthday and like everything in between so I have a really cool porch though and so I'm hoping that we can all sit out on my porch and like have cake and drink kombucha and like this like cool um beer sweetened with coconut nectar that we got and like just hang out and have dinner and like be around friends and that's really what I want to do so we'll do that either way but I'm hoping I can do it outside because everything's better outside everything is better outside um that's great. Well, happy, happy almost birthday to you. Thank and you. If, I wish you would come if, to my party. I know. I'm like, I want to drink kombucha and coconut nectar beer. It sounds lovely. I know. <laughs> well, I would love to have you back on sometime. So maybe after you, you go yeah, through the let's book do tour, it. and when you're feeling your next bits of inspiration, we can, we can come back together for another journaling, let it out conversation. Yeah, and we should, like, do, like, a live swap cast or something, like, together and, like, record, like, an episode of both of our podcasts or something. My best friend from college lives in D.C., and I've I've been, but it was, like, only when I was, like, eight years old or something, so I don't even really count it. It was, like, a school trip, so I really want to come to D.C. and visit her, and maybe we could, like, plan an event there together or something. It's on. Let's do it. Let's let it out together. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Really fun. <laughs> okay, well, thanks, Katie, and everybody. Go get Katie's book, "Let It Out: A Journey Through Journaling." Katie Delb out and um, to be continued. So, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you, Gracie, and thank you, everyone, for listening. This was fun. <laughs> All right, connect to everybody soon. Take care out there. Bye, bye. Cool. We did it. Hello?
Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place.